0: Good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is Play by Play coming to you live here on this Tuesday. Casey, just play here. We've got a fun show coming your way. We've got a whole lot to talk about during the course of the next 90 minutes, getting uh, you up to date until 1 o'clock. We've got Keegan Pokey joining us in the next segment of the show. Keegan's got a big one today. I know Keegan's going to be fired up. LCO is taking on E.D. White. The winner of that game is going to be in complete control of the LaFouche Parish Middle School football championship chase and uh that'll be a good one that's out in Thibodeau, six o'clock I'll be out there coach Brian Colley will be out there we'll be uh covering it from head to toe I'll be getting pictures video and coach B I'm sure taking some notes and studying everything that's going on so that we could talk about that on Friday after the lights because on after the lights presented by Grand Isle Shipyard we now have a middle school football segment built into that show so we'll be studying that one and breaking it down for you all as well um We also, we'll talk about some Monday Night Football a little bit later in the show. Um, the Bills just, man, <laughs> hard to find a team in the NFL that's going to mess with those dudes. The Bills looked incredible last night. The Eagles looked really good last night. We'll talk about all of that. Then at 12.15, it is Tuesday, so we'll have our Bone General Tuesday with Stan Grava. We'll chat with Stan about, heck, I'm sure Stan's going to want to talk about high school week three, then look ahead to high school week four. I'm sure he'll also... Um, I want to look back on LSU and the Saints and everything in between, so we'll have a good time talking with Stan at twelve fifteen. Then the twelve thirty-five, we're gonna mix it up a little bit. We're gonna go away from the football thing because you know we talked hot, hot and heavy football uh, all show yesterday. Talk a little Major League Baseball, man. They're heading into the stretch run. I look at my calendar. It's September twentieth, bro. It is September twentieth. That means that we are getting to the final oh two weeks or so of the regular season. <clears throat>
1: I'll
0: let you know some teams that I'm liking, some teams I'm not liking. In the final stretch run as teams are chasing down division championships and then ultimately we'll be chasing down some pennants. Then At the bottom of the show, we'll get our betting picks. If you follow us and subscribe over on Patreon, we were 3-1-1 one and one yesterday in our picks. Here on the show, we were 2-1 yesterday on our picks, so we did a pretty good job with that. So let's talk. Um, today, middle school football, you got LCO, you got E.D. White. Um, this is going to be a fun matchup. It's going to be a fun matchup for a couple of reasons. On the one hand, you got... The LCO team, who's the defending champions, right, and who's coming in hot and heavy, and you know they're, they've won a, a bunch, of bunch of games in a row, long winning streak, haven't really been challenged in the fourth quarter in a lot of those wins. And now you're taking on an Ed White team, and you know these players are within an Ed White program that they're groomed to be champions, right? That's what they do at Ed White for football right now. Ed White football's got this thing rolling. Hotter than anyone in the state on the varsity level. And you know, Kyle's not hands-on with the middle school program, right? But he's got some coaches in there who are preaching his message and are getting the things that they want to get across across. You know, Coach Keefe and, you know, those guys out there do a wonderful job. A couple of keys to the game, and we'll we'll ask Keegan about this when we have him on in the next segment. I don't know if, if Jean-Eric Vigier is going to play today for LCO. But it really doesn't change the game plan for E.D. White, whether he plays or not, in that you've got to tackle. They're going to have to. The two keys for E.D. White, the three keys for E.D. White, that I think are going to be non-negotiables, meaning that if they want to have a chance to be in this game, they're going to have to do these things. The first is they're going to have to tackle in the open field because LCO is going to get their playmakers in space on these little tosses and inside runs. You have to tackle in the open field. Second, you have to get off blocks because they're going to block you. You know, There's not a team that's going to stand around idle and not be physical. They're going to block you. You've got to get off of those blocks, and you've got to be willing to fight through that first blocker and then go and get off and get open field and you know, make a tackle. You've got to be willing to get off of those blocks and do a little contact. And the third thing that you're going to have to do is you're going to have to survive what's likely going to be a big um, surge in the second half from the LCO team. Every game that they have played this season that I've been to, <clears throat> look, in the first half, I don't want to say that they're gettable or you know beatable, but anybody's beatable in any half, right? But in the first half, they've started a little bit slow at times. they played competitively most of the games that they've played in the first half. Second half, they make a little tweak, a little adjustment here and there. And then they ride their superior conditioning and they just blitz you. They just beat the hell out of you. So for E.D. White, it makes A, getting off to a strong start very important because you want to have a little bit of that cushion. And then B, you got to survive that third quarter, early fourth quarter. You can't let it get away. Because that's happened now to several opponents. Raceland has been right there. then it, you know They take over the game in the second half. It snowballs. West Thibodeau was right there close game anybody's game then the second half it snowballs. They've got to avoid that snowball effect if they want to have a chance. They've got to avoid that run where LCO scores two straight touchdowns and you know gets a turnover and got to avoid that from happening. If they could do those things they've got a they've got a shot, right? You know you beat West and you're still undefeated, you have got a shot. From the LCO perspective. <clears throat> I think that they're the better football team. I do. I think they should be favored to win, and I think they are. Um, but they've got to take care of business, right? Because when you get close, you got to score. When you get close, you got to score. You got to score touchdowns. Well, duh, you got to score touchdowns. So you're not kicking in middle school, but you know what I'm saying. They got to score. When you're playing special teams and you're kicking it back to them, you got to cover the kick. You allowed two big ones last week. Can't do that. And when it's third and long, you can't let them get behind you because Sixth Ward a couple of times got behind them, beat them on some passes over the top. And I know in middle school it sounds like um, maybe that wouldn't be a huge concern, but I've seen EDY play a couple times, and they've got a quarterback that could throw it. So those will be some big keys both ways. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. That's going to be a big matchup, 6 o'clock today, and we will be recapping that one. And, of course, as we said, we'll have Coach Keegan Pokey on a little bit later in the show, actually in the next segment of the show, to talk about it. Let's thank our sponsors though, because we've got some uh, <clears throat> some to hand out to our sales group. We have a new sponsor today. Uh, we want to thank the Blue Boot Foundation. They've been with us a long time. We want to thank Southland Dodge and Homa Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs, because power is our middle name. friend Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz Off, the only all natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. And also, we want to welcome a new sponsor to our list, Bents RV. Kudos to you all. Thanks for joining the play-by-play family. Bents RV, located on Highway 90 in Boutique. Thanks so much for your support. Go see those folks for all of your RV needs. Bents RV, located on Highway 90 in Boutique. Very quickly, before we catch a commercial break, just a little quick peek at our local high school football schedule for this coming week. <clears throat> kind of a rundown of who's moving and shaking and who's going where in the upcoming week. You got Central LaFouche is going to be hosting Franklin. I think they're going to be favored in that one. I think Central LaFouche is going to beat Franklin and get another win. Destrehan and Hanville is the big one this week. That one's out in uh, Norco. That'll be a showdown. Well, I say it'll be a showdown. It's a rivalry matchup, but Destrehan's probably heavily favored. Destrehan so good. East St. John is traveling to take on Thibodeau in what is going to be a huge game for Thibodeau. You know, if you're Thibodeau, you, you make the big bad schedule, right? You go play Lutcher and St. James and E.D. White and then doesn't do you a whole lot of good if you lose all of them, right? You get a ton of points if you win some of them. But if you lose them all, you sit where Thibodeau sits right now, which is currently outside of the top 28 and wouldn't be making the playoffs if the playoffs started today. So Thibodeau's got to get hot. They've got to find a way to win one of these. H.L. Bourgeois and Terrebonne out at Tom B. Well, duh, that would be at Tom B either way. No, that was a silly comment on my part, uh, but it's actually Terrebonne's home game. Um, H.L. Bourgeois trying to stay hot. They won one against Ellender. Now they're taking on a Terrebonne team that maybe would be slightly favored in this one, but i tell you what, H.L. Bourgeois gets that quarterback run game going. They're tough to slow down. They eat up a lot of clock. They control the line of scrimmage. That'll be a, That'll be a fun matchup. District play starts in our local 4A district. Ellen, they're traveling to take on Morgan City. Then you've also got in that same district uh, Letcher taking on Vanderbilt Catholic. And then last but certainly not least, you got South LaFouche taking on South Terrebonne. So district play begins in our local 4A district. E.D. White's traveling this weekend. They'll have a big test. They're taking on Woodlawn of Baton Rouge. Woodlawn of Baton Rouge is 1-2, but They have an LSU commitment at quarterback in Ricky Collins, so the Cardinal defense will be challenged. Something tells me they'll be up to that challenge, but you're facing a 5A foe with an LSU uh, commitment at quarterback. That's a big test. St. James is hosting Assumption. That'll be a fun matchup. Then you also got Homa Christian traveling to take on Riverside Academy, and then last but not least, you go down to single A, and you see CCA traveling to take on Central Catholic. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Coach Keegan Pokey. It's play-by-play on KOEB. We'll be right back after this.
2: The music on the bayou, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. When you order curbside pickup on the new Rousers shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store and you get free pickup on all orders $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's Shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Markets personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy.
0: Rouse's Markets feels like home. Want
2: to become a certified babysitter? Terrabone General Health System is excited to offer super sitter classes. Participants will learn first- First aid and CPR along with safety, business, and basic child care skills. Classes are for ages 11 to 15 and will be held at Terrebonne General. Upon completion of the program, students will receive a two-year American Red Cross Babysitter CPR first aid certification. Our summer sessions are about to kick off. For class schedules and prices or to register, call 985-850-6204 or visit tghealthsystem.com.
3: guaranteed
0: the game of the night in our local middle school football schedule will be out in Thibodeau at six o'clock LCO taking on ed White in a matchup of the only two undefeated teams left in Lafouche Parish we have one half of that coaching carousel today which is going to be coach Keegan pokey with LCO on the line coach good morning man how are you
5: Doing well, Casey. What about you?
0: Doing great, buddy. Uh, Big day. I know you guys are fired up and are excited to take on an E.D. White team in a big high-stakes matchup. These are the games why the kids play. These are the games why the coaches coach. Man, I know it's got to be a big day on campus today.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And look, I had had a couple kids come find me yesterday. They were pumped up. I thought we actually played yesterday, how fired up they were. uh, to come find me in the morning saying, Coach, I can't wait. I can't wait till tomorrow night. So I think the kids are ready. I think they've been ready. Um, just like I've been saying before, I think they were ready since May. Um, we just got to put it together tonight. We got to play our ball. and We'll see who comes out on top.
0: You watched them play uh, a couple of days ago in their last contest against West Thibodeau. I saw them play in their first game and then also in the Jamboree. Obviously, it goes without saying they've gotten a lot better since then. What are some things that they do well and what are some things you guys are going to have to be on the lookout for tonight?
5: Yeah, they uh they're very disciplined on both sides of the ball. They run the triple option on the offense and then they look to get it to the playmakers on the outside, look to go deep. But they're very disciplined on both sides. They they do what they're told. They're not gonna do too much, they're not gonna do too little, but they're gonna go ahead and, and do what is asked out of them. So it's gonna be a game about adjustments, it's gonna be a game from our standpoint that we're gonna have to adjust to their offense and then same thing for them, they're gonna have to adjust to our offense too as well. We just gotta keep on making the right adjustments and then go from that.
0: Everybody's got a different philosophy for how to slow down the triple option. I know it's you know the the big you know coaching term is assignment football. Have you guys practiced that, and are you guys ready to, to you know stay true to those assignments tonight? Yeah,
5: uh, having one practice or well, we had two practices, kind of dealing with it. So it's gonna be interesting uh, at the middle school level. Uh, are we gonna be disciplined enough to stay uh, with our reads? Our D lineman isn't be in charge of the the dive man. We have gotta make sure we take care of that. But I think we put up pressure in our five-man run. If we give them a little pressure, uh, I think we'll do well. I think we'll we'll handle the uh, triple option as best as what well we can. Uh, and then if we need to make adjustments, we got a few game, game plans that we can go ahead and adjust to in the future.
0: That was the next question that I was going to ask is how important is it to just bust up what they're doing before they get rolling? And I know that, you know, they often say that the worst medicine for a triple-option offense is getting that defensive tackle right up in the quarterback's face and you know forcing him to have to make some fast decisions. I'm sure that's going to be part of the plan tonight, huh?
5: Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's pretty much our plan every game, especially at this middle school level. We're, we're attacking defense. We're not going to sit back. We're not going to let the kids read. We actually don't want them to read. We want them just to go out and play. Uh, but yeah, that 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 goes for I guess this offense too as well. We're just going to go ahead and attack. You know, as a young football coach, I have yet to see a play designed to block someone that's already in the backfield. So we're going to go ahead and make sure we're getting people in the backfield, making kind of causing a little bit of havoc. And then once we cause that havoc, hopefully we could create some turnovers over it or just maintaining what they're trying to do.
0: You know, I was actually at a little ceremony yesterday out at Central Lafourche where we were celebrating the success of the school district. And I saw Miss Samantha Lagarde, which was the old principal out there, and you know, and also your current principal, Miss Lesbro. And I'm actually, you know, hey ladies, how we doing? You know, are you guys looking forward to a good week or whatever? And they both kind of commented, "Yeah, we're ready for Tuesday night." Like people in the community are excited about this, man. You don't often see this at the middle school level. I'm fired up, Coach Collie's, you know, making the ride. Like there, everybody wants to check this out, man. This is really cool to see.
5: Yeah, I guess because it's, you know, last year and the year prior, middle school only played four games. So if you really think about it, after last week, we, our season would have been over with. So I, I guess having that, that extra start of the season, um, starting over, we kind of talked to the kids about it. Hey, look, last year our, our season would have been over. The year prior our season would have been over. So it's a brand new year, uh, a whole new season for us. So we got to kick in another gear. But I think the people are excited just for the fact that, uh, you got some uh, heightened behind this game. You know, it, not only is both teams are undefeated, but it's also E.D. White. And uh, it's kind of one of those rivalries that you should sure always want to beat any team. But it, it kind of heightens up a little bit uh, playing against E.D. White, playing against a, a school that maybe takes kids from our area. So it's kind of one of those things that are heightened a little bit too as well.
0: So let me ask you this, man. VJ missed the last game. I saw him on the sideline. He said, man, Mr. Casey, I'm going to try to be back next week, but I just don't know. So I'm going to ask you, uh, is he going to be available today? And, you know, well, if, if he is, will it be a pitch count or is it a full goal?
5: Yeah, he's uh, he's full goal on defense. And then it, he's a kind of a pitch count on offense. But we felt like we uh, we definitely need him on defense this week. We think he is a playmaker in general. So we're definitely going to use him on defense this week and then uh, – if we need them on offense, then we'll go ahead and kind of do a, a limited pitch count on offense.
0: Man, uh, last week, you know, in his absence, you guys were spreading the ball out all over, and you actually had two separate 100-yard rushers, which I know makes you happy, dude. Those other kids are popping some long ones. You know, Kid and Cantrell and you know Terry Brad's getting the ball and making some play. Like, you guys are spreading the ball out, and other guys are, are really stepping up big.
5: Yeah, and look, <clears throat> no matter who who is running the ball, our coaching staff has confidence that they're running against a, a, a behind a great offensive line, so the holes are going to be there. But the difference between maybe years prior is, okay, we got a great offensive line, but we got kids that want the ball. We've got kids that say, Coach, if you give me the ball, I'm actually going to do something with it. I'm going to hit the hole. I'm a believe block for you. Uh, Isaiah Kidd, uh, I truthfully believe this, Isaiah Kidd has been running the ball the way he's been running, pissed off looking like. Um, he's one of our, our better backs, if not our best back when he's running the ball. Um, uh, Cantrell Shepard is one of the best leaders that I think I've seen on the football level. In the last three weeks, he has grown into a man. He has grown into our best leader on the football team. So, again, the, the ball in his hands, getting the ball in Isaiah Kidd's hands, part of Cantrell's and Terry Bratt's, we feel pretty confident in what they could do behind that great offensive line.
0: We've talked a bit about this throughout the course of the season, but you can't say it enough, man. Like In the early stages of games, you're out there calling plays and you got Coach Chuck Como, who's telling you what the other defense is in and where he's seeing some holes are. You got Coach Nessie Pierce, who's studying what your offense is doing versus that defense, and, you know, he's giving you a rundown. Like, you guys have so much experience in addition to your entire staff. Everybody's pitching in. Uh, that's got to be a feeling of comfort going into a big game, knowing that, hey, man, if, if there's a hole somewhere, we're going to find it at some point.
5: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, um, having those guys on board and having the, the Chris Colleys, the Joe Chose players, the Matt Sheremeys, Having all those guys on board, I mean, I couldn't do without them. And it's a lot easier on me. Like, I, I, I'm not as uh, dependent or independent on doing what I believe to be true. I'm having those guys in my ear during the the, the, uh, the possession or maybe at halftime. Like, hey, uh, Coach Nessie came by me last week and said, hey, we should throw some motions at them to see if we go ahead and, and get them moving a little bit. So having those adjustments, having people in my ear tell me what they see and then using my knowledge of my own, it, it's very – uh, very useful, very helpful. And it also brings a different level of confidence in myself and in the players as well.
0: I know you're a hundred percent invested in football right now, but bro, you guys are back in your gym and we've, we've talked about that. Is there anything else athletic wise that you guys are waiting on? Or are you guys like fully a hundred percent back operational
5: again? No, we, we good. We, uh, we're in there for PE. We play we playing bombardment today. Uh, our volleyball team has been having some games in here. We, uh, we had a, a South volleyball game that was in here last uh, last night. We got another one South game that's going to be here tomorrow night. Um, South uh crap. I'm going to forget the. Uh, they got something going on here tonight, uh, but for South Fuge, so we full go um, for when basketball season rolls around. We we're going to have as many games as possible, just like we did every other uh, year, and we can't wait for the kids just to stay after school and practice in our own gym instead of having to travel uh, to God knows where. To get a to get a available gym,
0: very good. Before we let you go, bro, what are some keys to victory? What are some things the Bulldogs have to do well tonight to stay undefeated?
5: We got to keep the the game of football simple. We've been saying it all year. You keep it simple. You hit the person in the mouth right across from you. Um, you do what we action out of you, and I think we're going to come on top. But just keeping it simple, uh, keeping our head in check, not letting them get to us, and I, I really, really believe if we do that, we'll come out with a win.
0: Very good, coach. Thanks so much for the time. We'll chat again soon. Okay. Thank you, man. Take care. Yep, that is Coach Keegan Pokey with LCO. They're going to be ready to roll. That's going to be a fun matchup tonight. Can't wait to see how that one shakes out. Um, <clears throat> LCO is in good position, but Ed White's in good position too. Winner, it's not winner take all. I should stop saying that because there are other games on the schedule. I don't want to disrespect anybody else on the schedule. But if you're at this point and both teams have already played West Thibodeau, which I think is one of the big contenders, LCO has already played Raceland. Ed White hadn't played them yet. Um, You're sitting really, really pretty if you win this one. Let me just leave it at that. You're sitting really, really pretty. Coach Pokey mentioned South LaFouche High School volleyball. I want to give them a shout out. Let's count this off. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 wins. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven losses. They're 14 and seven on the season. They're playing some really, really good ball. They lost, or excuse me, they lost. Who am I kidding? They won yesterday. Come on, get it right. Just clear. They won yesterday against Eleanor Memorial in four sets. They lost one set is what I was trying to say. Uh, but they win the other three, 27-25, 25-12. Then they lose the third set, 22-25. to 25. Then they win 25-22. So the Lady Tarpon volleyball program stays hot. As Coach Pokey was mentioning, they're going to take on St. James tomorrow out at the LCO gym. So South LaFouche and St. James tomorrow; those matches start at oh four four thirty. Don't be afraid to show up a little late if you're uh, if you're running late because you know it's usually JV first, varsity after. Not that we don't want you to watch JV, but you know what I'm saying. If you get off of work at five and you drive straight to the gym and you get there five fifteen five thirty, you'll still be able to watch the varsity match. Is what I'm trying to tell you. So uh, going out, support Lady Tarpon Volleyball. Hopefully they stay hot. They're firmly in the mix to make the playoffs and all that good stuff. So we'll see how that shakes out. Just such a great job there by the, the coaching staff. And, and also want to give a shout-out to the Grand Isle Volleyball Club, right? Grand Isle started a volleyball team, their first team in school history. Um, they played a match last week against Golden Meadow Middle School. Uh, Coach Jamie Dufresne, formerly of South Lafouche High School, has gone on off to Grand Isle School started the program out there and you know they're treating it as you know hey this is this is bigger than sports right this is just a signal of the growth on the island and a signal and a, you know a testament to how grand Isle is down but not out and continuing to fight and it's always cool to see stories like that man we've got some good volleyball in the area hl bourgeois is playing well terabone's got a great team we know vanderbilt E. D Wide have great teams there's a lot of good volleyball in our area so if you're free on a Tuesday or Thursday or heck whatever day that they play because a lot of the schools play throughout the week uh, going out to the gyms and and watch some of those clubs uh, because they're doing a wonderful job. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to talk about Monday Night Football. There were two games to break down and I'll tell you my thoughts on both. It's play-by-play on KLB. We'll be right back after this.
2: Want more from your bank? Open a Cajun Pride Checking Account at State Bank and Trust Company and enjoy the benefits. Unlimited check writing, overdraft protection, online banking, mobile banking, debit card, ID theft assistance, safe deposit box discounts, prescription drug discounts, shopping, travel, entertainment discounts, and much more. Call or come in for more information about applicable fees and terms. State Bank and Trust Company. Cajun banking, served just the way you like it. State Bank and Trust Company, member FDIC.
6: The Cut-Off Youth
0: Center's Hurricane Festival is back and better than ever September 23rd through the 25th. The fair kicks off with music by Orange, followed by the Gordon Bradbury Band. Saturday's lineup has been Bruce and the Acadians, rough and ready, and music by Shorts in December. And on Sunday, it's no other than the famous Wayland Thibodeau. Enjoy pay-one-price rides, great Cajun food, auctions, craft boots, and a raffle drawdown for $6,000. Free parking and free admissions. So join us for the Cut-Off Youth Center's Hurricane Festival, September 23rd through the 25th.
1: At Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center, we're improving the health and well-being of the region one person at a time. And this means more tea times, more play time, more time to do good, more fast time, and more once upon a time. Isn't it time you started living your best life? Change starts here at Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center.
2: Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard, aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. People love their Mueller metal homes. This is what we dreamed about, and we didn't really have a plan for the interior to finish out. We just wanted the structure up and we're taking it from there.
4: Looking at the sunrise in the morning, the sunset at night, just what we love.
2: I use Mueller because they make a superior product.
4: This is our home. This is our our forever
2: home. Enjoying every minute of it and seeing it all come together and one of these days I'll get her done.
1: Find out more at MuellerInc.com.
0: to play-by-play here on KLEB. There were two Monday Night Football games last night, which is kind of weird, right, having two of them. Usually we do that in Week 1. I don't know why we randomly did that in Week 2 this year. I'm sure there's an explanation for that. That's above my pay grade. But anyway, I surely enjoyed having the opportunity to watch two NFL games last night. Let's start with the first, which is the Eagles, or rather it was the second game, but the first game we're going to talk about, which is the Eagles getting a 24-7 to win over the Vikings. Um First off, let's start from the Minnesota perspective. The Vikings are a hard team to figure out because some weeks they play and like they look great. Like in week one, they played and they didn't just beat Green Bay. They decisively beat Green Bay. They didn't just, you know, get a win. They beat the snot out of a Packers team that a lot of folks think is a contender and, heck, who rebounded in week two and played excellent. So from that perspective, it's, you know, okay, uh, maybe Minnesota's got something, but for whatever reason, Kirk Cousins, like every fourth or fifth game has this reminder game is why I like to call it of, Hey y'all I'm Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and last night was one of those nights. He was 27 of 46, 221 yards, a touchdown and three interceptions. He was terrible last night. He could have been intercepted six or seven times last night. Kirk Cousins was terrible last night against the Eagles. Um, Some of it is bad protection, right? They were in his face. Some of it is a lack of a running game. More about that in just a second. Some of it is a lack of an effort to try to run the football. They only ran 11 times as a team compared to 46 passes. But whatever it was, Cousins just had another one of those primetime showings where he just couldn't do anything, and he couldn't get out of his own way. And this seems to happen for him pretty often. That's the first thing. Now, the second thing, let's talk about that running game. Minnesota built their offense around Dalvin Cook being like this big, elite premier running back. And I'm not saying that he's not, but he's now 27, which is kind of getting up there for a running back, right? You get to those late 20s, that's kind of getting up there. He look. He doesn't look the same. I don't know if it's an injury. I don't know if he's playing nicked up or. He doesn't look the same. In 2020, he ran for 1,500 yards and 16 touchdowns. Last year, 1,159 yards, six touchdowns. Through two games this year, he's got 107 yards. The yards. <clears throat> excuse me. The yards per tamper down is only getting 4.1 yards per carry. He doesn't look to have the same explosiveness nor the same burst. That's just something to keep an eye on, and especially if you've got Dalvin Cook in fantasy, it's something to keep an eye on. ah, I, I don't know. He looking like he's slowing down a little bit. Um, Philly did a great job limiting the Minnesota receivers. Justin Jefferson had six catches for 48 yards. He was targeted 12 times. They kept him down. Adam Thielen, four catches, 52 yards, and on and on. Now, let's talk about Philly. I'm a Cowboys guy, right? You guys who listen every day know that. Long... For years, I have been, oh heck, since he's been in the league, I'm saying for years like he's been in the league 15 years, but since Jalen Hurts has been in the league, I've been kind of poking and laughing and saying, ah, you guys are playing a running back at quarterback. <laughs> um, And I'm not altogether sold that he's an all pro yet, right? Because even though he's playing quote unquote well, he still has just one touchdown and one interception through two games. So it's not like, you know, he's breaking records out there in the pocket. But in the first half yesterday, I got to tip my cap. And, you know, know, haters going to hate and real is going to be real. I got to be real. Jalen Hurts played excellent last night in the first half. He was making good throws. He was running, but only when he had to. Um, He was making good reads. The ball was coming out quick. He was, uh, when the ball was coming out quick, he was putting it on the numbers, not behind, not ahead of the receiver, whatever it may be. I thought he played really well yesterday. The second half wasn't as good. They made some mistakes, turned it over. They didn't score at all. Neither team scored in the second half. It was twenty-four to seven and a half, and that's what the final score was. Um, but Hertz at least is showing that you know, hey, surrounded by these big weapons, and they've got you know Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, you know, Miles Sanders, Goddard. Like they've got some weapons there. Surrounded by those guys, he could be successful. So the Eagles are two and zero just how good they are. Are they going to win the NFC East? Are they going to be a contender in the postseason? I I don't know. Um, but, boy, they've got the Commanders and the Jaguars in the next two weeks. They should be 4-0. I'll put it this way. If you want to be what I'm trying to explain, which is one of the, one of the big dogs in the NFC, you better be 4-0. You better be 4-0. But they're playing pretty good defense, at least last night. The first week was kind of a struggle against the Lions. And they're getting their playmakers in space. So the Eagles are 2-0 and and are at least kind of turning my head a little bit Is that maybe this is a team that we've got to pay a little bit of attention to. Now let's talk about the first game. Um, very rarely in sports is something actually worth the hype. We hype things up all the time. College football, we see it all the time which is teams that start the season in the top 10 and end the season they're not even ranked. They're 6-6 six and six or 5-7. and seven. Um, In the NFL right now, the Buffalo Bills are worth the hype. A lot of folks picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I've said here on this show I thought they were the best team in the NFL last year, played one bad defensive possession. It cost them their opportunity against the Chiefs. I think if they would have beat the Chiefs, they would have won it all. They've opened up the season beating the defending Super Bowl champion Rams 31-10 to on the road in a game that, frankly, wasn't that close. Then they go home and have to hear about how great they are all week. Trap game, right? You're facing a Tennessee team that runs the ball, controls the clock, like surely in the fourth quarter, this is going to be a close, hard-fought game. Nope. Buffalo beats the hell out of them, 41-7. to the Bills might be the best offense in the NFL right now with Josh Allen doing all the things that Josh Allen does. He's running, he's throwing, he's making plays. Through two games, Allen has seven touchdowns, two interceptions. Both of the interceptions came in week one, completing 75% of his passes, 614 yards. They're running it a little bit better, although they're not running it a whole lot. They're running it a little bit better. They've got weapons galore. Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, you know, Dawson Knox, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary out of the backfield. like They're throwing it to whoever and whomever and whenever, however they want. But here's the reason why we all in the NFL should be standing on guard and be on alert when it comes to the Bills. They probably have the best defense in the NFL, too. They're loaded. They are loaded defensively. Tremaine Evans at linebacker. Greg Russo defensive. And Micah Hyde at safety. Von Miller coming off the edge. Um, They're loaded. Jordan Phillips in the middle plugging things up. The Bills are going to be a team that is going to be an absolute force to be reckoned with. And when they get to postseason time, with the way that they complete those short passes and your know, quarterback power run game, and they're built to win in the postseason, which just makes them even scarier. Now, are they perfect? Can are, are they invincible? Of course not. Last night they were like 0 for three on third and one or something like that. That's not sustainable, bro. You get in a close game, you better start converting some of them close ones, right? But when you just have the sheer explosiveness and the sheer um cheat code that Josh Allen is, like let's just get out of the way. He could run, he could throw, he could he's accurate, he's physical, and they're running almost like the Florida Gators old Tim Tebow offense with Josh Allen in the NFL. Whereas, hey, you spread them all out. You got to pay some attention to the big sledgehammer back there who could run it and could really hurt you running it. He's going to throw it. He's going to throw it short. He's going to throw it intermediate. He's going to hit you deep. You know, remember all the times Percy Harvin would get behind the defense. That's what Diggs is doing. Remember all the times Aaron Hernandez and those other guys with tight end would hit you. That's what Dawson Knox and those those other guys back there are doing. They're playing almost like that old Urban Meyer-style offense in the NFL, and they're proving awfully hard to slow down. Now, they've got a matchup on Sunday with the Miami Dolphins. That's on the road. That's in the Miami Heat. That's a short week, short rest. You're going to have to go chase down Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill in that Miami Sun. That's going to be a tough chore. That's going to be a challenge. If the Bills get out of that one, and let's say they win 31-14 or 36 36- to You know, 10, or it's another blowout. We got to start having some talks about 15 and 2. We got to start having some talks about 16 and 1 because that Miami team, especially in their building, is not an easy out. And if they just go on the road and and beat the snot out of them, too, we're going to have to start having some talks about this Buffalo team potentially being historically good and potentially being a team that just runs away with everything out in the, in the AFC, and you know what's crazy is it's an NFL landscape where there's supposed to be a parity, right? You're supposed to, every game, according to what the league wants, every game should be 28-24, 21-17, or in the fourth quarter, it should be up for grabs. Either team has a chance to win. You're not supposed to in the salary cap era see a team that just blows out everybody that they play, but the Bills have blown out the last two opponents, and then you go back to last year, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. <laughs> their last 14 wins, as I'm counting them off for you, their last 14 wins are by double digits. So when they beat you, I let, let's keep going. Let's keep it going. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Their last 21 wins, dating back to the 2020 season, are by double digits. When they beat you, they don't just beat you, they beat the hell out of you. And that's what Buffalo does, and that's why they're such a dangerous out because they have that ability of when they grab you by the throat, they're not letting up. They're squeezing until there's no life left. And then before you know it, you're down what Tennessee was down. Look, Tennessee felt like they were in the ballgame last night. It's seven to seven. You know, you, you get into the second quarter, you survive the first quarter. There's a minute, or like there's two minutes left in the first half, and it's it's just ten to seven. Like you feel like you're in the ball game. Boom, they score before half. Boom, they score out of half. Boom, they force a the turnover. They score again. Then they get a pick six, and before you know it, it's a, it's a hundred to seven, and you don't have any chance. And you're taking Tannehill out. You're playing Willis, and it snowballs. When they grab that momentum, they are a wrecking ball, a force that just destroys everything in their path. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to go to Stan Gravov for our Terrible and General Tuesday interview. we we'll ask Stan about everything happening in the local world of sports. It's play-by-play here on KLEB.
4: The other day, my friend said he saw a mosquito the size of a pool dew out near Dulac. Now, he may be exaggerating, but mosquitoes are back and swarming up and down the bayou. If you need help with mosquito control, call Terminex and the Bayou Boys, Dan and Billy Foster. They have a number of ways to protect you from those blood-sucking mosquitoes. So whether you live up the bayou or down the bayou,
1: Terminex is here for you. So call those Bayou Boys. They'll
6: get you, get you Terminex tough
3: simply free. Don't those two words go together nicely? Especially when they describe the very best in daily money management. At SL Bank, our simply free checking account provides you the tools you need to manage your account and to make life a little easier. Want to know more about simply free checking? Just talk with us today at SL Bank. Member FDIC.
6: At Thibodeau Regional Health System, we're elevating cancer services to unprecedented heights with the construction and opening of our new cancer institute. 80,000 square feet of the region's best cancer care. And a new home for more cancer doctors to fight more types of cancer. The latest technology, expanded research, and integrated wellness services. You deserve the best cancer care. So we built it. Because at Thibodeau Regional, we take our role as the leader in fighting cancer seriously.
2: Listen up, folks. You'll be in the money when you play cash-in from the lottery. Win up to $6,000. Stop
1: at your favorite lottery retailer and ask for cash-in today for your chance to win up to $6,000. Make this your winning season and play New Orleans Saints from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Enter the second chance drawings for
2: VIP experiences. Details at louisianalottery.com saints. Play New Orleans Saints today. Must be at least 21 to purchase.
1: Come on! Yeah! If you want it all back, jump to your feet right now! Oh! oh. For the kingdom a violence, but the violent, take it! Take it! By four!
0: Taken by force, Ty Tribbett says. That is a good segue for the next part of the show, which is our Terrible and General Tuesday with Stan Gravois. It's Casey Justclear here. Stan, one of the teams right now locally that's taken it by force is the ED wide football team. They're undefeated. They rolled past Assumption. I saw GoPreps actually has them ranked as the number one team in the state in Class 3A. Uh, whew, boy, are they good. They are continuing the roll. They've got a big one coming up Friday against an LSU commitment at quarterback, but I mentioned earlier in the show, I wouldn't be surprised if old Ricky Collins is in for a tough night on Friday against that Cardinal defense.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Assumption didn't cross the 50-yard line the entire game. I know a lot of people are looking at the six points Assumption scored, and they're thinking, well, you know, Assumption scored on offense. That didn't come on offense. That was a pick six. So uh, you, you, Woodlawn has their uh, work cut out for him. Now, I will say – From the standpoint of E.D. White not having that big breakout threat on offense, it's possible that a team that's just pretty much loaded with athletes may have that chance to get in the open field, make something happen, and then play really good defense against uh, the Cardinals. But from what I saw on Friday night, I don't know who that's going to be because Assumption does have some athletes. That's that's the one thing that was my takeaway from it. Man, how good is E.D. White? Because Assumption is pretty good. So, yeah, that's a really good football team.
0: You know, it's never too late nor too early to start looking at the power rating numbers, and I got them pulled up now. Um, there are a lot of teams locally on the outside looking in. You know, in Division One, Terrebonne, Thibodeau, South Lafourche, South Terrebonne, Central Lafourche are all currently on the outside looking in. HL Bourgeois is actually the lone survivor who would be in if the playoffs started today. And... Um, some of the other classifications, certainly E.D. White's in great shape and uh, you know, Vanderbilt's in pretty good shape. But, man, uh, it's go time. We're now approaching the middle point of the season. We've got a lot of teams that better start finding some wins or they're going to be playing some football games from week 8 through 10 where they're going to be almost like playoff games because they're going to have to win.
4: Yeah, and, and, you know, it's sort of what we've been saying. You have a three-week sample size, and that's what we have now. And now, all of a sudden, the PowerPoints become important. Everything becomes important related to districts. You better be ready to play your district slate because all local districts in 4A and 5A are starting this upcoming weekend. Uh, You better start watching the PowerPoint rankings, especially with the way the LHSA has done a few things. Because if you are a team that's playing in a different bracket, things are different now, you know, if you took a South Lafouche and South Cerebonne and left them in 4A, they might be inside the top 28 or whatever it's going to be because I understand it's now 28, not 32, whereas if you're going to play in the 5A bracket, you are going to be on the outside looking in. I, I thought going into the season that, that our high school football was a lot better in the Bay region. I'm not sure I'm totally on board with what I said earlier on. I don't think it's bad, and it may even be better than last year. But if it is, everybody else got better, too, and we just don't see it. And uh, here's, you know, week four all of a sudden. You better get it together now because you, you don't have much more opportunity, uh, the, the truth be done. Listen, you have terrible playing HL Bourgeois, and I, and I would love to get your take on this. You have terrible playing HL Bourgeois this week. I feel like if you lose that game, you have absolutely no chance of winning District 7 5 8. Yep, and, and we're in week four, and I'm making that statement. How crazy is that?
0: No, you're 100% right, man. And look, I think that whenever we see how badly Destrahan's going to beat Hanville on Friday night, uh, we're, we're going to see and learn that, hey, you can't lose to anybody besides for them and hope to have a shot.
4: That's exactly right. And, and and I agree with you on that, too. We found out that Hornbill's a pretty good football team, right? I would be thoroughly surprised if they don't get just throttled by Destrehan because Destrahan's like that next-level crazy good. So once you're going to start playing in District 75A, it's not going to be easy. I, I'm telling you who's starting to sort of look good with all of this because we say week in and week out, high school kids, basically – or kids who are growing confidence by what they did the last week. It's Central LaFouche. Yep. Central LaFouche has got Franklin this week, so maybe you get a win there, and then all of a sudden you might be looking at an HL or a Terrebonne who struggled against each other. Then you got a pivotal team, which we hadn't figured out quite yet. You know they're capable, and, and you worry about their athletic talents. But then you're building up confidence in Matthews, right? So then all of a sudden, those kids are looking at each other going, you know what, we can do this. So it's going to be interesting to see how that district shakes out. The funny part is is I had to make a graphic board for uh, the uh, little sports on the body show they do in town. And and when I was doing the District 7 4 A, it's amazing when you're trying to show the PowerPoint rankings after four weeks or going into four weeks, how it's like, yeah, this team has this many, but they're going this way. I mean, to have seven teams in that district and everybody's going a different way is crazy. It's crazy. So, uh, again, every week we're going to find out a little bit more, but I think in these first three weeks we found out maybe about as much as we're going to find out overall as we will at any particular given week this year.
0: Let's talk about a little bit of prep volleyball for a second and and then doing some research for this. I couldn't help but smile. In Division I, you got HL Bourgeois, who's 14 and 4, they're playing well. Then you go to Division Two. you got South Lafouche, who's 14 and 7, playing super well. Behind them is South Terrebonne, who's 7 and 6. All those teams would not just be in the playoffs, they would be hosting opening round matches. And to me, it was just really neat and almost like the universe is smiling because you got a Bourgeois team who had all the drama with the coach or whatever it may be. Then you got South Lafouche and South Terrebonne, two teams who still are not in their home gyms. And those are three of the teams locally who are having the most success. It's just kind of cool to see.
4: It is. It is. And it makes you wonder if there's somebody else at work with all of this stuff, right? I will say this related to HL Bourgeois just real quickly. They hosted a tournament a couple of weeks ago. They always have a great tournament at HL Bourgeois on a yearly basis. Of course, Ida kind of messed that up last year. And I went, and, and my good friend Pete Barrett has started taking taken over the HL Bourgeois program again. It was not his intent. We all know the story behind that. Uh, Pete was going to go out there, and he was going to help Coach Didier coach that team. And then Pete actually was taking a step back. He has some family issues he has to deal with, and he was going to do that. I just think it's cool that some adults – I know we're always giving the adults a lot of grief lately – That some adults, a.k.a. Pete and Bridget Ballet and Chip Didier, kind of stood up and said, you know what, this is about the kids. And Chip gave Pete a call and said, Pete, go help those kids. I mean, I'm out of the picture now. I get it. Go help those kids. And Pete went back and Pete said, I'll do anything for the girls. I'll try and help them. And then he says, I don't think we're supposed to be that strong this year. And all of a sudden, they got out the gates at like 7-1 and one on the year. And he's like, this is pretty good. Like, the girls are engaged. So I am happy for that program. They're always pretty good, and they're pretty good again this year. But Pete, Chip, Craig Ham, that terrible, anybody you talk to will tell you that it's no longer just those teams that are like, you know, at the top of the heat year in and year out. It's everybody. It's, as you mentioned, how good South LaFouche is this year, how good even little teams like CCA is this year. Uh, Homer Christian, not bad. A lot of it, truthfully, is because of club volleyball, but a lot of it is, is because of the exposure and the coaches that they have now. So, kudos. That's what we want. We want everybody to be a part of what's going on, we want everybody to be good in volleyball. And sometimes volleyball programs get the short end of the stick during football season. And uh, I'm glad you brought it up because they deserve all the attention they're getting.
0: Another program that's making some strides is the LSU football team. The Tigers rally from 13 points down against Mississippi State. And frankly, I mentioned this on Monday. um, The last 31 minutes of the game, they won 31 to three. They were down 13 to nothing with a minute left in the first half, score, and then dominate the rest of the game. Man, uh that LSU team that played the third game sure would beat that LSU team that played the first game. They have made some strides. Stand defensively, they tackle so much better. They're attacking the offense so much better. They were making a good Mississippi State offense uncomfortable. And then also it was good to see hey in the second half despite a slow start, the second half the offense started to impose their will too and at the end of the game they were kind of starting to run the ball and There was reasons for a lot of optimism, man, and look, I even went so far as to say if there were a fifth quarter in that game Saturday, they would have continued to separate. It would have gotten worse before it got better. It looked like LSU was in complete control whenever that game wrapped up.
4: You know, I think all you ever want is just to see a weekly improvement, and unfortunately the LSU teams of the past, it was the old definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, and that never happened. We're only in week three under Brian Kelly, and you can see. I, I really thought if I go back to the Florida State game, there was a time that the cameras caught him on the sideline in like the third quarter, and he just had this puzzled look. And I thought to myself, right now that guy is thinking, these kids don't understand. What, what is the difference between what we're doing in practice and what we're doing in the game? And I thought he was sort of figuring things out at that point. And obviously, we'll never know if that's true or not or if that has any validation to it. But, boy, the way they played, obviously Southern wasn't a big chess, but they still handled business. And you're right. The second half of this game was good. I'm going to tell you this. You know this. I wasn't a big believer in Jaden Daniels before the season started. I was sort of on the fence on that one. I'm not on the fence anymore. They got the best guy at quarterback. I'm not saying he's an All-American, but he's the best guy, especially with that offensive line. And the other thing I mentioned going into that game that thought I thought had to happen was better linebacker play, and it happened. I, I, you know, I think Baskerville helps with that a lot. Uh, I think that young kid, I think it's Perkins, I think he helps with that a lot. And uh, it, it's, it's sort of fun to watch the way they've gotten better. I don't expect that they're going to go off and win every game from now on but you see improvement, and that's all you can ask for.
0: And what's fun is that um, you know you're winning with two freshmen, true freshman tackles, two sophomores at guard, a true freshman at middle linebacker, and just about every name that you're calling out throughout the course of the game, none of them are really seniors, or it's all guys that in theory could be back next year. So if you can win six, seven, eight of them this year, you could see where okay, then you plug up some of the gaps recruiting-wise, and try to keep guys out of the portal and have a strong class and then get a few guys from the portal. You could see where this time next fall, we're not going to be talking about, hey, just win as many as you can. This time next fall, we could be talking about, hey, let's get in the top four.
4: Agree. The other thing I agree on, and some people don't necessarily, but I have no problem with it, play a freshman if he can play. I mean, you know, you get to a certain point where – If you're playing a senior who can't play and you got a freshman and you like, I don't want to throw him to the wolves, well so what? You know, I mean he's gotta get better somewhere along the line. So I like the idea of that. I've I've seen a lot of Alabama teams who were really, really good with Nick Saban, who had starters who were true freshmen on that line. So if you got those two kids who could do it, I say go with it. Then to consider how good the defensive line played just the other night, because I thought they really played well also. That you don't have Mason Smith in there yet. Yeah, the future is extremely bright. Because I, I still think, as much as I'm happy with what's going on now and I enjoy watching them now, I still think they are a team of the future.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no question about that. So let's talk about a team that maybe is a team for the now and is not a team for the future. And that would be the New Orleans Saints. They take on the Tampa Bay Bucks. Frustrating game. You know, early it felt like Tampa was in control. And kept shooting themselves in the foot. You know they go far on fourth down. Don't get it. You know, uh, fumble, whatever it may be. And the Saints have a three nothing lead. Then in the middle stages of the game, it felt like New Orleans was in control, but they could just never get that score to go up ten nothing or whatever it may be. They fumble, have some mistakes, and then late there was no question. Tampa Bay was the dominant team. They scored seventeen points in the fourth quarter. They win twenty to ten. New Orleans gets kind of garbage time score at the end. There were fights, there was drama, there was turnovers. Uh, what were your thoughts, man? As New Orleans drops to one and one.
4: Well, it was one of those games where I think both defenses are good enough that you're waiting for the dam to sort of break, and it broke. Uh, I don't know that it was necessarily the fight. I'll be honest with you, and I guess this might be a little bit of a cop out. I thought I thought some of those those penalties they called against the Saints on that one draw. I still can't figure that out. And I don't think it's officials who are incompetent. I don't think it's officials, or at least I hope it's not officials who are into the gambling thing now. I think it's the game is so much bigger, faster, stronger than it used to be that it's almost impossible to call these things. And when guys are going to make tackles and they're just doing routine things, and they're just trying to turn the running back back inside or whatever. It sometimes looks like it's helmet to helmet. I thought that was sort of where the dam broke for the Saints. They had one situation where the Bucks would have been in fourth and one or two, and they got a free first down out of it, and they kept that drive going, and I thought that was the drive that changed everything. So in an in a NFL game where, you know, everybody's a professional and it's so fragile – I thought some of those calls were huge in that game. That being said, I think you would be really, really naive to not think that the Saints sort of have a problem at the quarterback position right now with Jameis Winston. And, and listen, I think the guy is doing everything he can, but if he's truly got four you know, fractures in his back, he looks like even when he's just walking to the sideline like there's a problem there. That that's going to be a problem all year long. So I I don't know what happens with that going forward. Uh, but offensively, I didn't think the Saints were good enough to win the game. So, you know, I, I got no problems with the outcome, I guess.
0: So let's talk about that because, you know, look, elephant in the room. Even if Jameis Winston had the greatest and strongest back in the history of backs, he's still just an average quarterback. With the fractures in the back, uh, there are big concerns there. Sunday, how many times was he – Trying to force the ball down the field to Olave and there was just no accuracy there. It almost looked like he was kind of pushing the throw, but I don't know how much he's got backwise to be able to let it go. Then, you know, ladies throwing the interceptions again, and one gets returned for a touchdown. And I guess what I'm getting at is you've got a really good backup in Andy Dalton. At what point do you have to have the conversation, A for the team, B for the health of Winston, of hey man, let's let's try something else for a couple weeks. Let's go get you a little bit of rest.
4: In the history of Super Bowls, I would venture to say 90% of the quarterbacks who have played and won a Super Bowl are elite. At, at one point in their career, they were considered elite in the NFL. So suffice to say, you probably need to have an elite quarterback. I don't know of an elite quarterback who has ever played at one in one franchise for just a couple of years and was traded away. And that's exactly what happened with Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay. That, If he was elite, you you could say what you want about player development. You could say what you want about, you know, a general manager knowing exactly what he's going to get out of his guys and all of this stuff. But if he was an elite quarterback, he would still be in Tampa Bay. Now, I have friends who will say, not if you have the chance to get Tom Brady, but I still don't even believe that. I believe if he was at that next level. So I guess your question has to be, can you win with a serviceable quarterback? well, then your defense has to be out of this world good, you know, AKA, a.k.a., excuse me, the Baltimore Ravens back when or maybe whoever, maybe even Tampa Bay one year when they won it with Johnson, at quarterback. So uh, is he next level? I I don't think so. Is him being hurt cause a little bit more of that? I don't know. Is Andy Dalton the answer? <laughs> I don't know. I do know this. If you go out and you lose to Carolina next week, uh, you might be getting a really good draft pick next year.
0: But but you're not because you traded your draft pick away.
4: Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm telling you that. Uh, you know, we talk about big games, who, what, when, where you play them. This is probably going to turn out to be a pretty big game for the Saints because you just got by Atlanta at the end of the game, and everybody thought Atlanta was just going through the motions this year. And quite honestly – you go back and look at that game. You're thinking, man, we, were, we were, not that we were lucky to win that game, but you know, <laughs> it was a tight game. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, well, maybe we were a little lucky, but uh, yeah, I, I don't. Listen, this game coming up against Carolina, it's the biggest for both teams.
0: Stan, before we let you go, man, look, we we both root for the Bengals because of Joe Burrow. I gotta tell you, look, I mean, I was I was rooting for my Cowboys Sunday, but it's painful to watch the Bengals play. They supposedly fixed their offensive line, right? They get Lael Collins, and then at the press conference, he says, hey, Joe, your bodyguard's here, bro, no worries. In two games, Burrow has been sacked 13 times. And if you watch the Dallas and Cincinnati game, if not for the Bengals in the second half just giving up and throwing nothing but screens because they knew they couldn't protect, he would have gotten sacked more. Their offensive line somehow is worse than it's ever been. I don't know how he's going to survive the season.
4: Agree, 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 and when you went and looked back at the Steelers game, and then consider what the Steelers did this past weekend, the Steelers are not, you know, all that. It could be a long season for the Bengals, because it doesn't look much better up front. Joe Burrow doesn't look the same either, to be quite honest with you. I know he's going, kind of recuperating from some things right now, but he also sort of got in that limelight, you know, at the end of last year around the Super Bowl, and the one thing about the NFL, you better be focused every single week. If you're not, you know, what's happening to the Bengals is going to happen. Yeah, I worry about them a lot. You know, I, I, I still think Jamar Chase is really, really good. They're trying to find ways to get him the ball. But, uh, yeah, I, and, and, and I do agree that Dallas is pretty good on defense. I understand all of that. But you're going to turn around and have to play some pretty good teams if you're the Bengals. Because I know they match up, you know, whenever you uh, win and have a successful season, usually you get the tougher teams the next year. I was very, very disappointed what I saw both Sundays with the Bengals, and I worry about their – I worry about them even getting back in the playoff.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a long, tough year, unfortunately. I think you're right. Let's catch a – let's catch a break. (laughs) Let's say goodbye to Stan and then catch a break. Stan, (laughs) thanks so much for the time. We'll chat again soon, brother.
4: Thanks,
0: Casey. Everybody take care. Yep, that is Stan Grava doing a great job, as always. Now let's catch the break that we were promising. When we get back, we'll talk a little Major League Baseball, and then we'll get to the betting picks at the bottom of the show. It's play-by-play here on KLEB.
7: El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse, Highway 1 and Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials, Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. The Cut-Off
0: Youth Center's Hurricane Festival is back and better than ever September 23rd through the 25th. The fair kicks off with music by Orange, followed by the Gordon Bradbury Band, Saturday's lineup is Ben Bruce and the Acadians, Rough and Ready, and music by Shorts in December. And on Sunday, it's no other than the famous Wayland Thibodeau. Enjoy pay-one-price rides, great Cajun food, auctions, crab boots, and a raffle drawdown for $6,000. Free parking and free
1: admission. So join us for the Cutoff Ute Centers Hurricane Festival September twenty-third through the twenty-fifth. For nearly half a century, Tiger Rag magazine has covered all things LSU sports. The 2003 National Championship with Coach Nick Saban. Tiger Rag Magazine was there. The 2007 National Championship with Coach Les Miles. Tiger Rag Magazine was there. And the undefeated season of the 2019 National Championship with Coach Ed Ordron. Tiger Rag was there. With coverage from the practice field to the hoisting of the trophy. But in all these years of LSU sports moments, there has never been a more exciting time to be a Tiger fan than now. A new era has arrived at Tiger Stadium. Coach Brian Kelly has arrived in Baton Rouge with aspirations of grasping the one thing thing. that has eluded his illustrious career, a national championship.
5: It takes hard work. It takes a commitment.
1: Tiger Rag Magazine will be there every step of the way as Coach Kelly attempts to solidify his status in Louisiana immortality. Follow each moment with Tiger Rag Magazine on newsstands now online at tigerrag.com.
6: Heather Hendricks here, your candidate for LaFouche Parish Judge Division A. Everyone votes in this race from the Fouchon to the St. John community, up, down, and across the bayou. I've been your prosecutor for eight and a half years, trying over 100 jury and judge trials with federal, state, and local experience. Before practicing law, I was an eighth grade teacher in the public schools for 11 years. So remember, Heather Hendricks for Judge. Early voting begins October 25th and the election is November 8th. Paid for by the committee to elect Heather Hendricks. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your State Farm agent has your back too. through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right.
1: Call State form agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988.
0: Welcome back to play-by-play here on KLEB. We thank Stan Gravall for the time. We thank Coach Keegan Pokey for the time. It's been a good show so far, and we hope to keep the train rolling over the next two segments. Um, Let's talk a little MLB here in this segment um, as we spend so much time, first and foremost, a little more football, and then we'll get to the MLB. Uh, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are signing Cole Beasley um, today. I think that's um, a huge addition to Tampa, man. You think of the way they play Um, he could fit that Julian Edelman short pass over the middle mold that Brady loves Beasley, uh, left Buffalo, um, but was still very effective, right? You know, last season, 82 catches, 693 yards. Uh, so he's still a short receiver, you know, short route, seven, eight yards here and there type guy. He's going to help Tampa a lot. That's a great signing for Tampa Bay. So, Cole Beasley going to the Bucks. Now, let's talk some Major League Baseball. Um, a lot of the division chases are pretty well cinched in, right? In the American League East, you got the Yankees. They're going to win the East. they are five and a half games over Toronto, barring just a monumental collapse. They're going to win the East. The AL West is already decided. Houston has clinched that. The AL Central is still up for grabs somewhat. The Guardians have a four game lead over the White Sox and then a seven game lead over the Twins. It looks like the Guardians are going to win that division, though, you know, I'll I concede that one is not all the way locked up yet. We've still got to play a little more baseball and figure that one out. In the National League, you got two of the three divisions are, are well in tow. The Dodgers have won the West, the Cardinals are going to win the Central. They've got an eight and a half game lead over Milwaukee, you know, their magic numbers shrinking and they're going to win the West, or win the Central, rather. The East is a dogfight. The East is anybody's guess. You got the Mets and Braves who are virtually tied. The Mets are up a game in the standings just because they've played two more games. The Mets are ninety-five and 94 and 55. The Braves are 92 and 55. Both teams have the same amount of losses, um, but the Mets have the one-game lead because they've got two more wins. The Mets and Braves play one more series against one another coming up, and that series may end up deciding the division. Um, So that'll be a whole lot of fun. Now, you look playoff-wise, wild cards. Now you get three wild cards in, right? In the American League, it's going to be the Blue Jays. It's going to be the Rays. It's going to be the Mariners, highly likely. The Orioles and White Sox are still somewhat in play, but they're way behind. We don't expect a whole lot of drama there. In the National League, it's going to be the Braves. It's going to be either the Padres, Phillies, or Brewers, two out of the three of those, right? The Padres and Phillies are kind of crowded up on one another, and the Brewers are two and a half games back. So, let's look at the National League playoffs for a second, right? Because that's where the big power, horse rides, you know, the Dodgers, they're having one of the best seasons in the history of the sport, and everybody's just assuming, you know, that they're going to waltz and walk all the way to the World Series, and they, they may well do that. You know, they're 102 and two and forty-four. Their run differentials 3 32, which is incredible. Uh it's it's ridiculous how good that team is. Um but let's look at some some places where the Dodgers could potentially get beat, right? In a short series with the Mets, and you got to face DeGrom and Scherzer. Could the Mets maybe knock them off? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I kind of doubt the Mets offense, right? I don't know that they're gonna be able to score enough runs, but that's the thing about the Dodgers, right? They got the great pitching staff, but you also have to score some too, because even at their worst offensively, they're still going to score three, four runs on you, five runs on you. So you got to score that six or seven to be able to beat them or against their great arms. You got to have a good offense. That's what Atlanta did to them last season is they would get leads early in games and then their bullpen would go and finish it out. Atlanta and the Cardinals to me are the two teams with the best shot of dethroning Los Angeles for different reasons. The Cardinals, because I think they've got that vibe and that energy and that you know, juju, voodoo, whatever you want to call it, that you need in the postseason sometimes in baseball. Baseball is a weird playoffs. In the NBA, the best team almost always wins. In the NFL, not always, but a lot of the time, the best team ends up winning. In baseball, the best team rarely wins. The Braves weren't the best team last year. They just played their best ball at late at the right time, knocked off the Dodgers, knocked off the Astros, got hot at the right time. I don't think the Cardinals are the best team in the National League, but when you look at the way that they're playing, and then you factor in, this is probably Pujols' last ride. This is maybe Wainwright's last ride. Yachty, I don't know if what, if anything, is left there. In fact, I think he's actually come out and said, let me Google that, Yachty Molina retirement I think he's actually said this will be his last season um so yeah he, yeah he's already announced this will be his last season so you've got a core group that's been together a long time and it's all their final ride and then it almost becomes like the old sports movie right where they're trying to win it you know the last ride together and that to me makes them dangerous more so than pitching matchups more so than the bullpen and you know, who's the left handed pinch hitter and all these little minute details that often decide games. Just the fact that they don't have anything to lose because this is that group's last ride makes them dangerous. Then, from the Atlanta perspective, who else could hit and outslug the Dodgers perhaps more than Atlanta? When Atlanta's offense is rolling, they're really good. You're looking at, you know, Olsen at first, though, he's been been struggling lately. You got the Grissom kid at second who's been playing super well. Swanson, Riley, you got two catchers who both swing it. Acuna, Harris has been great. Ozuna actually has been staying out of trouble and has been playing better lately. Uh, Grossman was a great deadline addition. Atlanta is the team to me, X's and O's wise, that matches up the best. The Cardinals is the team, just kind of morale and and... and Corma-wise, that matches up the best. But the Dodgers are probably still the overwhelming favorites. You can't discount the Padres' talent, but the Padres haven't been able to put it together. The Phillies have some good players, I guess, but I don't know. You just kind of doubt if they could put it together. That's kind of how the National League looks. To me, the American League is a free-for-all. The Astros are 97-51, and and they are probably head and shoulders the best team. But I think that there are a lot of teams in the American League especially those teams in the AL East, that if they were not in the AL East, their records would be far better. The American League East right now has four teams above 500, and the team in last place is Boston, which is just four games below 500. And if they were in any other division, they would be above 500 too. If you put the Yankees, Blue Jays, and Rays in and against, like let's say, an American League central schedule, they would have 100 wins too, just like Houston. So I don't think that 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 gap where Houston has that nine game lead over everybody for home field advantage. I don't think that gaps as wide as it looks. I think those East teams, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the rays I think they're all capable of getting into the playoffs, making some noise, making some things happen. I just think they've been victimized by the brutally tough schedule that they play in the American league. East. And don't forget about Seattle, man. Seattle's just buried out there in the Northwest. Nobody pays any attention to them. They've got some power pitching. Now, they got some timely hitting. Seattle's a sleeper team. And then also don't forget about Francona and the Guardians. Francona is probably the best in-game playoff series manager in the sport. They're going to be underdogs. They're not going to be more talented than anybody they're going to face. But just don't count them out. These baseball playoffs in the next couple weeks are going to get overshadowed by the NFL and college football. They always do. But they're going to be a whole lot of fun. They're going to be some big, big matchups there. A lot of teams are going to be trying to uh, dethrone the champs, which are the Braves and then dethrone Goliath, which is the Dodgers. Let's catch a break. When we get back, i got some betting picks for you all, and then we'll wrap up the show. It's play-by-play on KLEB.
2: Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the
4: Sea.
1: Building our dream home, we were going to put a a Mueller roof on it.
4: We couldn't help but but choose Mueller to to put the barn up as well. All of the components are Mueller components, everything from the I-beam to the purlin to to the sheets on on the roof and the wall. I was able to put my my leather shop in there. I primarily build working shafts for, for working cowboys. And so that barn has has kind of given me a a man cave to go do my work in.
1: I I love seeing it from the road as I'm pulling in the driveway. Find out more at MuellerInc.com.
0: This is Casey Gisclair here with Play by Play. Broadcasting Monday through Friday from 1130 to 1, we will offer the latest in high school sports all across the Bayou region, but a little bit of college and pro mixed in. We'll interview coaches and student-athletes throughout the week, getting their thoughts on the action happening in our area. Our phone lines are always open, so feel free to chime in with your thoughts as well. Find us on social media. We will be heavily promoting our content and getting our audience involved. That's play-by-play every Monday through Friday at 1130 right here on your home for high school sports, 102.7 FM, KLEB.
3: Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three- and two-stall restroom air-conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve.
6: I am Wilbur Lewis, a Vietnam veteran. With the help of some generous donors, I'm trying to get our local veterans together, along with their wives, for a Veterans Day dinner at the VFW Hall in La Rose on November the 12th at 6.30 p.m. If I have not contacted you yet and you are interested in attending the dinner, please text me your name and phone number and the branch of service, 985 637 3849 373849.
0: Hoorah! Thank you. One more segment to go. Actually, just gonna be a short segment. Just three or four minutes left with you all here on Play by Play. Let's thank our sponsors one more time the Blue Boot Foundation. Bent's RV, located on Highway 90 in Boutique, Southland Dodge, and Homa. Industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Dufresne Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz Off, the only all natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South LaFouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. Also a reminder, join us Saturdays, 10 o'clock, for the Sports Corner, presented by Terrebonne General Health System with Stan Gravois and myself for the latest in local high school, college, and professional sports from your local sports experts, sponsored by State Bank & Trust Company. One more reminder, join us Friday night, varsity high school football coverage, pregame show, 6.30, kickoff, 7 o'clock, South Lafourche against South Terrebonne. Broadcast is sponsored by 3T Oil, Lady of the Sea General Hospital, State Bank & Trust Company, Advanced Eye Institute, State Forum Agent Ashley Barrios, Danos. Golden Motors, Dufresne Building Materials, Tanner McGeeford uh, Judge Court of Appeals, Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, Joe Septic Contractors, Terrebonne General Medical Center, Southland Dodge, Rouse's Markets, South Lafouche Bank, Rev, and Heather Hendricks, candidate for Lafouche Parish Judge, Division A. Thanks to everybody for listening today. We've got our betting picks, then we'll get out of here. First one I like today is the Yankees' minus 1.5 run line against the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Yankees are throwing Nestor Cortez, who um, has been good. Uh, He's been good. The Yankees are in a situation where they still need to win games. They're in control of the division, but they haven't yet won the division. They're in control, uh, and I think they're going to beat the Pirates today. The Pirates are just not any good. I don't think the Pirates will be able to score enough to keep up with the Yankees and the Bronx, so give me the Yankees in that one today. I like the Atlanta Braves to go over the run total today. Let me tell you what the run total is. I had it written down, but I lost my paper. The Braves are going to go over five runs today against the Nationals. They're facing Patrick Corbin, a guy that they have hammered. The Braves have hammered Patrick Corbin this season. The Braves hammer left-handed pitching in general, much less Patrick Corbin, who's not a very good left-handed pitcher. I think Atlanta is going to tattoo him again. They're in that same situation, right? They've got to win. They've got to keep the pace with the Mets. I like Atlanta to get a big one today and score a bunch of runs today and take care of business. One more that I got uh, today, and then we'll wrap up the show, is I like the Mariners minus a run and a half run line against the Oakland Athletics. Luis Castillo's throwing for Seattle. He's been excellent since coming over in the trade. Oakland's offense is a complete train wreck. I like the Mariners to win and take care of business on the road against Oakland. Thanks to everybody for listening. We're going to be back tomorrow, same time, Wednesday. That means we'll have BJ Young. That means we'll have Turtle. That means we'll get our mailbag. Wednesday shows are always the best. Let's have a wonderful rest of the day, y'all. If you're going out to the LCO game, be safe on the roads. Good luck to both teams. We'll be recapping it all tomorrow. You've been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. We'll be back same time tomorrow. God bless, everybody.
2: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.